Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of G Cobb in the House. I am Micah Warren. Hello, my buddy Haran Knight. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, welcome those everyone who's listening to Mark McMillan. And so you guys were talking football. We'll keep it going with some football. Haran, are you alright with football? I'm always good with football. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's, even during the lockout, like, I was just so fr- I wanted to talk about. It. I'll talk about anything. Football. But yeah. um, so did you get to see all the games last week? Um, which game did I miss? I, I saw I saw most of Houston and Cincinnati. That turned out to be you that's know, the one game I didn't see most of. <laughs> I don't think you missed much. They actually took uh, that Den- time Denver to go Pittsburgh. Denver and Pittsburgh was obviously must see TV. Real quick, because we'll talk about the upcoming games. We'll talk about last week's game. At what point do they have to stop calling him Matty Ice? And what I, has this guy done? What has Matt Ryan done? I thought they should have stopped it last year after they got demolished inside the Georgia Dome by Green Bay. But to put up a goose egg, I mean, I'm not even going to count those two points. <laughs> but but to offensively put up a goose egg, I don't care where you're at, with all those weapons in this type of atmosphere, is unacceptable. I think, I think the Giants have a good defense. They do. It ain't that great. It's not two points great. Not in, not in this league. I mean, everything is geared towards a quarterback. So I, I don't. I, there's really no way that a playoff bound team should be shut out. Because most of the playoff teams, they have a very a very productive quarterback. Well, all but one that's still alive, but <laughs> either here or there. But if he, if, but that's my point right there. If he could put up 316 yards against the number one defense. There's no reason Matt Ryan could not do any could not do anything against the Giants. They didn't kick a field goal, man. <laughs> Nothing. Well, you know what though, and I, I will say this: I, I hated both of those calls by uh, Mike Smith on the um, the go, going for it on fourth down. You know what? That early in the game, take the points. But the court, I mean, if you got you got Jason Snelling and Mike Turner, you're going to try a quarterback sneak. We have way too much room to go for a quarterback season. Exactly. It's not like it was inches. It was, it was, it was actually fourth and one. It was, a, it was the entire yard. <laughs> it was just like a total breakdown on the Falcons. and uh, I don't know. I mean, they're, just, they're such a disappointing team. They were a huge disappointment last year. That's two years in a row. They've gotten not just exited. I mean, they got smacked. Right. And I remember... 
uh, debating with one of my friends early, like the first couple of weeks of the season where everybody kept tossing um, Atlanta like in the top five or maybe like seven or eight at, at the um, lowest. And he kept saying, there's nothing that Atlanta can do that can convince me that they're really a good team. And kind of all they are, though, is just like a decent, solid team. That any any time you play them during the regular season, you could lose. Yeah, but it, you, I, I don't know. I, I can't put any stock in them going forward. I'm not even going to rank them in within the 32 teams in the NFL. I'm going to put them off to the side in their own column. I mean, I mean, they're historically bad. Bad. I mean, they're finally bragging that they've made playoffs and back-to-back seasons. So. I mean, it's really not much to say about Atlanta <laughs> as a football. Yeah, can you imagine if Joe, Joe Banner came out and said that? I know. <laughs> yeah, he actually kind of did. What was he? He said years ago. Um, this was before I think someone had a real talking to with him, where he said, "Well, we've been the NFC Championship game the past three years. Uh, fans should be happy." Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably after the. Um, Everybody started complaining about the receivers. <laughs> That's probably what it was, and they, everyone had just about had it. Uh, yeah. But it was like, Joe, do you know this fan? You shut up. Shut yeah, up, Joe. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, we got, we got Ron Glover joining us now, too. Ron, you on there, buddy? Happy New Year, fellas. How's Happy it going, Ron? All right. We're just kicking around some NFL stuff. We're dogpiling on the Falcons. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, Ron, it's terrible. I, mean, I don't want to hear another thing about Matty Ice. Matter of fact, that's not even his name anymore. That's how I opened it up. That's my first thought. We can't call this guy Matty Ice anymore. Tom oh. Coughlin cooled his hot seat with Matty Ice. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. That's exactly right. I just don't, you know, I, I just don't think the Giants' defense. I, I think they're good. They're a very good defense, especially the front four, we all know, but I don't think they're shutout good of a playoff team. No, no, not at all. I think when you've got those three guys healthy, they make the secondary better, as bad as that yeah. secondary is. When you've got Umanura, Tuck, and Pierre Paul healthy, they make that secondary so much better, just for the pressure that they can bring. And... um that's going to be a test Sunday. I think Green Bay ultimately wins the game, but uh, Rodgers is going to have a time. Yeah, and if you remember, too, that's exactly how they beat New England in the Super Bowl. Uh, exactly. You know, they're, they're, they're secondary. That was lousy. Michael Johnson was a seventh-round pick they had at safety. Corey Webster was still up and down. Aaron Ross was a rookie starting. He wasn't never really been that good. Um, and they beat Tom Brady with that secondary. Uh, Jabril Wilson was the other safety. Yeah. I think the Raiders, the only one thought he was good. Um, yeah, I think Jabril Wilson got a big contract off that that game. Oh, yeah, he, got a Larry, he, he got a Larry Brown type deal. Yeah, yeah Larry Brown. Uh, don't forget Desmond <laughs> Howard. Right. Remember after, yeah. after he he was MVP, the Raiders decided to give him a contract. Yeah, they all went yeah. to the, they all went to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, they knew where to go. They all were great. But. Um, but anyway, so that, that's their deal. Uh, going into Green Bay, I think people are starting to pick the Giants here. Um, this, is, yeah, this could be similar to what they did in 07. 
they barely made it into the playoffs. I remember they were down 14 to nothing in Buffalo that year, and it was over. And then Ahmad Bradshaw started running all over everybody, and they came back and they won. But then they played well enough. They were playing well in the playoffs. Uh, and that's really all you need. I mean, they could take Green Bay out here. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it, it, it this, could, this, this, the whole free thing is constructed that way. Where, where the Giants, like if the Giants were to win this game, it wouldn't be the biggest shocker in the world. Because the Giants have historically overcame situations like this in, in the past. Um, well, but... All three of the Super Bowl wins. You're exactly right, Ron. Think about in 86 when they won it. Uh, Against Buffalo they had to, in 91. They had to uh, uh, you know, beat some really good teams. Teams you could argue might have been a little better. But they just, Parcells had them playing at a, at a different level, playing above themselves. In 1990, um, was, was it 86 when uh, Leonard Marshall busted up Joe Montana? Sure was. Okay, and then in '90 they had to do it with a backup quarterback. Not and a only backup that, running back they, they, who was they beat the 49ers with five field goals. What's that? They beat the 49ers with five field goals in that NFC Championship. Right, right. Is that the game where they knocked Montana out. Yeah, that was '86. Hand up, and uh, I think it was Roger Craig that fumbled that because that game was over too. Yeah. Uh, and then, or was that '80? Was that '90? That might have been '90. I think 90 is when Roger Craig fumbled. Yeah, yeah. that's 90. Yeah, 86 that's is where they beat the Redskins on Landetta's punting in the wind. I don't know why I know that stuff. Um, but the bottom line is, the Giants have done this. You're exactly right. That Every time they win, it's all blue collar. They just find a way to do it. It's rarely pretty. But they just have that attitude. And I don't know that Green Bay is playing their best football right now. It's similar to the Patriots in 07. You know, we all thought, except for G. Cobb, I'll give him credit. He called the Giants in that game straight up. Um, everyone thought the Patriots were going to win. If you look back... I called the Giants. <laughs> I've, got right, it in point. You, hey. I've got it in black and white. I called the Giants by two points. All right. I'll give you credit for that. I can't give um, credit for But everyone assumed the Patriots <laughs> were going to shellack them. And then you realize the Patriots weren't really the Patriots after... It was really that Eagles game on Sunday night. Right. You did the AJ Feely game. That's when they yeah, started it, to come back down to earth, and, and they really weren't all that. So I don't know that Green Bay is playing their best football right now. That's true. And the Giants, they barely beat the Giants earlier this year. And the worst thing, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, when, when did that happen last time? 2007. Last exactly. game of the year, they fought, mm-hmm. the Patriots barely beat them. So, so yeah, that's, that's not, it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, the most confusing game to me would be um, New Orleans and San Francisco. <laughs> like I don't know what to put on on those two because <laughs> you got a top defense, but the twenty sixth ranked offense, and then Drew Brees is probably playing at the highest level right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, I still got to take New Orleans. Ron, what are you thinking there? I'm going to take the Saints, but I think the Niners are going to make it ugly. Just for the yeah. fact that they've got one of the top-rated defenses, and you know they're going to make the Saints work, but Breeze will still be able to do his thing. It won't be a 466-yard game, but he'll uh, he'll get the job done. I say the score will be in the low 20s. I can agree with that. 
I see I see I see it being in the low twenties twenties. I see maybe uh twenty four seventeen game, twenty four twenty, somewhere in there. You know, I don't know. I kinda and I'm the worst prognosticator in the world, so take that with a grain of salt. If the Niners get down early, it could get out of control. Right. It will be the game where Alex Smith starts throwing interceptions again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's that? It, it, it's going to come to turnovers, and it, it'll, it will be the game where Alex Smith starts turning, um, throwing interceptions again. <laughs> All right, is this where we really judge Alex Smith, then? You yeah. wouldn't judge him off this one game. I wouldn't say off this one game, but I would say this wouldn't be the be-all to end off Alex Smith. I wouldn't say that, but this one game could go a long way. Right. If he, if he plays well and they lose, that's something to build on for next year. If he goes out here and falls on his face, then, you know, you've got to worry about him for next year as far as his confidence. If they win and he plays well, and you know, all bets are off. And I think and if, at he that won, point if they win play. and he plays poorly, then you know he has to redeem himself either against the Giants or the Packers. So yeah, there's a bunch of ways you can look at it with uh, Alex Smith. He was so bad for so long. First overall pick, complete bust. And Jim Harbaugh finally gets something out of him this year. I mean, he didn't make him great, but he got something out of him. So I'm kind of seeing, I, I just kind of said it because, is this where we can see, all right, how far did he really bring him? And I think, if he turned, I think if he turns into a complete mess, we know that he probably, I mean, again, I, you don't want to judge somebody off of one game, but this is a pretty big game. And I really do want to see, if he comes out and, and he shows you a lot, then Jim Harbaugh really did something here. Mm-hmm. Nobody could get this guy to play. Nobody could get this guy to play. So just for that, I think Jim Harbaugh gets coach of the year. But we got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side, uh, talk some more NFL. we got Sixers and stuff coming on the way, too. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life. From Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. What does building a family mean to you? 
Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. And I keep having the house here. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Glover and Haran Knight. Uh, and we're talking some football. I know we want to get into the Sixers. I know we do. <laughs> and we will get into the Sixers. I do want to touch on a couple of the football things first, uh, over in the AFC. Do you think, I was reading an article or I saw something, I didn't think it was his comments. And let me tell you something. Joe Flacco kind of bugs me. <laughs> something of, you guys get that? Something about his personality that he's kind of like a little baby. Uh, he just, it was all about, well, you know, when other, other teams do well, the quarterbacks get credit. I don't seem to get Shut up. <laughs> do you think? Les Bowen said it best. He said he, he tweeted that he's channeling his inner Donovan. He's channeling his inner Donovan. He's got a little bit of a baby to him. Do you think it's true that when the Ravens do well, Flacco doesn't get credit? He got credit when well, they beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and... and Correctly so. Um, How much more credit can you ask for? I mean, yeah. you beat the Steelers, and your quarterback gets credit. Well, unfortunately, especially in that division, it's, it's, it's a. I think that's the true black and blue um, division right now, where it's about defense and hitting hard and having a good running game to complement you. So it's more about an entire team getting credit than. The quarterback winning it all the time. Then mm-hmm. can point to Pittsburgh, the, the first Pittsburgh win, where Roethlisberger had an ugly, one of the ugliest Super Bowl quarterback in games in history. I think it was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not he's not in a spot where the quarterback is going to get but so much of the credit. It's just that a lot of times when they lose, it, it comes down to turnovers and. Unfortunately, this team is built to not turn the ball over and hold on to the ball. I mean, and he's playing in a division. Like um, I heard him say, I mean, it's a division where it's predicated on the run. It's predicated on protecting the ball. And it's predicated on taking the ball away. It, it's is a, it anymore? Grind it out, knock down, drag out the division. is predicated on running the ball and on defense. Quarterbacks get very little glory in this division. Maybe. I think that is historically, but if you watch Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's offense, it's not remotely what it used to be. They throw a ton. 
Yeah, they do. And they I would say yeah, for the last two seasons they have. I mean, like, even when it comes down to it, you know they're going to grind it out. You know in <laughs> December and January, they're running the ball. They, they throw a ton, but they're still more successful when they're running. Like, I think part of the reason why they're not playing this weekend is because Rashad Mendehall went down in the season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a bad idea for me to take Isaac Redden with my first pick in the playoff draft. He played okay. Yeah, he but he's out now. I don't get any more points for him. <laughs> yeah, he's right. done. And Matt Ryan was my quarterback, so here, take my money. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't even get one good game out of him. At least if you had Stafford, you got a good game out of him. Now, now see why you started on the with the Falcons. I, I, did, I see I did. why you started on the Falcons in the opening segment. Maybe because I was planning on being nice to Iguodala tonight, and I needed to put hatred somewhere else. I've got to hear this. <laughs> got to hear this. Not, not seriously, guys. No, no one has given Houston any credit here. I think everyone's taking Baltimore. It's tough with a fifth-round rookie quarterback. You don't have Schaub. You don't have Mario Williams. You got any shot to win this game? I think they do. And Time of possession. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got one. You still got one. If if Andre Johnson can stay healthy, that's yeah, the biggest. But I mean, you still got Arian Foster. I mean, the thing that this is the game where, and then unfortunately, especially now that he opened his mouth, the main way that Houston could win is if Joe Flacco messes up. <laughs> yeah, you you, and he's still prone to mistakes. That's the whole thing. If you can get pressure on him. So I mean, it, it will be a defensive battle. It will be a defensive win for Houston. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. The defense has gotten a lot better. Uh, and look, Baltimore has shown they're not afraid to throw in a clunker. They lost to Seattle this year. Who was the Monday night game? They lost. Oh, uh, Jack. Was it Jacksonville? Yeah, it was Jacksonville. It was Jacksonville. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Man, that was like the shocker of the season. <laughs> Still. Yeah, it was, and it wasn't, you know, some losses happened, blah, 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 whatever. They looked terrible. Yeah. They looked absolutely terrible. And you can't ignore that when you talk about Baltimore. They're very capable of going out and speaking up the joint. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're inconsistent. I think, and I don't know who they beat the week before. I don't, I don't know if it was the Steelers or what, but it was a big win. It, it was a big win. It was a big win. Every, everybody just knew this was like one of the top two teams in the league. And then they go up against Jacksonville. And... It's, it's just it's ridiculous. Now, one more game left to get to. And I do, I really do. It's one of the, the, the core principles I try to apply to this show is I really try to minimize the amount of Tebow talk that we have. I just, <laughs> I try, man. I try. I'm just, just sick of talking about the guy already. He's like his second year. Uh, Denver's going to New England. Uh, New England taught him a, a serious lesson uh, not too long ago. Um, Tebow played better last week. I mean, he completed. His numbers look like back when like Bob Greasy used to play. What did they win the Super Bowl? He, he completed like seven passes in Super Bowl seven or something like that. I mean, you, you don't even see that kind of stuff today. Did he complete ten passes last week. Is that what it was? But ten for three sixteen. Yeah, three sixteen. Thirty-one yard average. 31-yard average. <laughs> you think this guy was like big play, high-flying. Uh, and, and to say, well, New England's better. They are better. But their defense isn't. 
That was the top yeah. defense in the league that you did that to. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's very realistic that Tebow could put up 400 yards on this team. On five completions. Yeah. On five completions. Well, you know what? See, look, we just talked about Houston going against Baltimore. What Denver can do is they can control the clock, especially against a lousy Patriots defense. They keep Brady on the field. I mean, they keep Brady off the field. They have a chance to do what they've done all year, which is just stay in it, stay in it, stay in it, and then try and make a play at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's happened so often with Denver that they're going to New England with this. Their attitude is, we're not even supposed to be here, so it's whatever. Calling they are. Money. Yeah, they are not supposed to be there. But you know what? One thing that does bother me, too, in all the Tebow hype, that defense is playing pretty well. Von Miller's going to get Rookie of the Year. I mean, we agree on that? Oh, oh yeah. 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 At least AFC Defensive Rookie, NFC Defensive Rookie is probably Alden Smith. I don't, I don't okay. want to get off on Alden Smith is pretty good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't get off on too many tangents. But the Denver defense really isn't getting any credit. Well, I With, think that um, they've been there since the beginning of this run. Yeah, they've been there. They've been right there playing lights out. They've been there. Whether he's played well or not, their defense has remained consistent. Oh, yeah. Why they won 10 11 game stretch. And and it was very obvious on that last drive, um, the last drive to end the um, regulation against Pittsburgh. They just kept hitting and hitting Roethlisberger. There's like no way he Mm -hmm. could get that ball off. Brown Miller had back to back please. Yeah, it's very rare that you can had see a well, Mary pass. Dumerville had a strip, and I think Dumerville had another hit in that same uh, series. Right. But just the fact that he came back the way he did was nothing but a bonus. To add in Von Miller, you got what you, you didn't expect. That came from out of nowhere. Dumerville coming back the way he did, yeah, it just added no, you're exactly right. Um, and to, if you want to play that style of football, which is we'll just keep it close and ask uh, Timmy over here to make a play at the end of the game, you have to have defense like that. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're down 20 points. There is no play at the end of the game. Exactly. So people ignore that. And I really do think I still have to pick New England, but it's not tough to envision. I mean, it, it's, I think it's pretty clear what Denver has to do to win this game. Right. And, yeah, those, the only, those little, and they're built to do it, too. Yeah, and now the only problem that they're going to have is with those two tight ends, with Hernandez and Goskowski. Everybody has that problem. They're going to pose a problem, but they're not going to have to worry about the run. They're not even going to have to worry about Wes Welker but so much because I think you'll put Bailey right on him. And you'll probably even switch Bailey off. He's got, Bailey's probably going to be all over the field between those three receivers. Yeah, and playing I think up you in the put, box. You gotta, yeah, you gotta put them on tight ends. You have to. Yeah, you're gonna put Bailey's gonna be all over the place. Because let's be honest, does anybody outside scare you on the Patriots? Dion Branch, Shadow Joe Cinco. Oh no, 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 not at all. Because and that's what did him in last year against the Jets. The Jets were able to. They had they had no answers for anything. They had nobody that could do anything outside. I remember Brady standing there because we always say everyone says. You give any NFL quarterback time, he'll kill you. Now, you give Tom Brady time, and you might as well all just go home. 
But he was patting the ball, patting the ball, patting. There was nothing. I've never seen Brady with that much time and just absolutely not. He couldn't find anything. Uh, I wonder if that continues to bite him because they didn't address him. Well, they thought they addressed it when they got Chad Johnson. And he has just been, I don't know, what's a synonym for terrible? Horrendous. <laughs> that, that existed. <laughs> and then you see, I saw a headline that says, Pats wide receiver Ocho Cinco stunned by Brady's playoff week intensity. Really? Really? It's almost uh, like he's just like some things he needs to, Some things he really needs to keep quiet about. He needs to realize that he's not playing with Carson Palmer. <laughs> he's, like he's not playing with Carson Palmer anymore. He's like a kid that got to go into the locker room. Oh, my God, there's Tom Brady. That's what he sounds like. That's exactly what he sounds like. And he sounded like that from the day that he signed on with this team. And that's how he looks on the field. He's been wide-eyed from day one. He hasn't been able to do jack. That's how he looks on the field. It's like, oh, a a ball from Brady. I can't even catch it. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a bad – he had a real, real bad drop early on. And then after games, he was like, oh, I'm just, you know, just loving watching this. Yeah, I'm just yeah, glad to be here. And then, He's on you know, Twitter. With, with Gronkowski and Hernandez, Brady's, he, he don't even look in his direction, really. Yeah, they don't. He didn't get on the field. And I can't blame him. Not, not at all. I can't blame him. I would go with a two tight end set and Walker. Yeah, when I mean, he got those three weapons, and then, then, you know, his chemistry with Branch goes back, like, almost a decade. Yeah, Ocho Cinco's afterthought after that. Yeah, they don't even use the outside guys. They're like, it doesn't even matter. And that's just how they're going to live their life, and they're fine with that. Because they don't really have much of a running game to speak of either. I mean, Ben Jarvis Ellis is maybe the most boring starting running back in the league. Yeah, he'll get you four yards here and there. He's that not part is. They, they don't ask him to. And they still have Kevin Falk, don't they? Was it oh, second Kevin round pick or a second and a third they spent on running backs? Yeah, Stephen Ridley and uh, was it Vereen? Yeah, Vereen's like fifth in the depth chart now. But quick question, that's a, that's a good trivia question there, Ron. Kevin Falk is one of two running backs left from the 99 draft still in the league. Do you know who the other is? From the 99 draft? Yep. Uh, Ricky Williams is one. Yep. There you go. It's easier when you say Ricky Williams is one, guess the other, because you're never going to get Falk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good trivia question. Anyway, look, we got to take a break. When we come back, finally, we will we will get to some pictures here on G Cobb in the house. Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. What's the national pastime in the U.S. in the 21st century? Are you sure? 
Think again. Three out of four Americans have made NFL football the true American pastime. It's now one of the fastest growing sports in the world. But how do we as fans understand everything that goes on behind the scenes? Tune in to Enter the League with Eugene T. Lee Esquire as your host. Eugene was the featured NFL agent in the ESPN acclaimed documentary, The Dotted Line. And now he takes his expertise to the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back here. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Knight and Ron Glover and... We are seeing right now, the Sixers are up right now, 29-21, on the Wizards, who I don't believe are so hot. Um, I was just looking at the standings. Look who's in first place in the Atlantic Division. You might have to look twice. You know, and we watched, uh, was it last night, the Sixers next? Two nights ago. Two nights ago. Uh, It was the first time... God, I can remember going to a game in like 01 or 02 where it was a big deal. Uh, I was at the Garden, uh, Iverson against the Knicks, and it was a big deal that the Sixers won. When was the last time it was a big deal that the Sixers and the Knicks played? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's probably 01. <laughs> it was probably back then. I, I was probably at the last important game between the Sixers and the Knicks. Both teams just really went in the tank. And you know what? I'm sorry. It's good for the NBA when you have good Philly and New York teams. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, but this team is still missing some things. And if you watch the Sixers and Knicks, uh, Ron, you and I were talking on Facebook about this. You still you saw two pretty good teams that still aren't there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. The Knicks tried to hand that to the Sixers. I mean, in the end, it was travel. Throw it away. <laughs> poor, poor play after poor play. Foul. They tried, but it seemed like they were just letting the Sixers hang around and hang around. Sixers couldn't get it done. And Ron, you and I talked about free throws. I don't know what the numbers are. I just feel like this team misses too many. Uh, yeah, they missed six that night. And you look, it's like it's like I mentioned to you before, Ron. You remember Iverson would go six for twenty-five, but he'd have twenty-seven points. And how did that happen? Because he was the free throw line all night, and he made him. Right. You know, he made you pay for fouling him. I feel like you can almost let these guys off the hook. Be, you know, Iguodala, I don't know who he sees that shoots a rainbow that high and is consistent. I couldn't leave him alone for too long, Ron. You know I couldn't do it. <laughs> Even his free throw shooting pisses me off. 
Uh, you, you are, we are seeing a team that, and it was evident uh, as the cards come back to New York, they just don't have that go-to guy. You know, they just don't have it. And if there's a way to trade Iguodala for that guy, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. I don't think it's going to happen. I think as long as Doug is there, Iggy will be there. Why, though? What is it about him he loves so much? I think, um... I don't think they're looking at this here. I think they're... This is... It's like a bowl for I No, it's not me. Hello? Ron, you still there? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Okay. I, I think this is this is a bold prediction, but it's the only thing I can think of. I, I think that they're trying to sell the ideas of the of the team the team aspect of them to attract the um a superstar in the off season. I don't I know he only listed three teams that he would want to be traded to. But if he makes it past this season as a free agent I I'd really would like them to make a push at Dwight Howard. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I would, too, because you look at the holes of the Sixers, that's one of them. I mean, Spencer Hall has played really well, but you can't really tell me he's your long start, long-term long solution down low. I would love Spencer Hall to back up Dwight Howard. Right. I'd love him. But I um, think, and I think the, the main thing was where, where I think he would, he would want Iguodala to stay. You would need him to stay to be a sidekick in order to attract Dwight Howard. I mean, the biggest thing would be um, using the amnesty for Elton Brand, though. <laughs> he makes north of $13 million. I can't have a $13 million sidekick on my team. I know, yeah. He makes too much money. Um, that contract and, and you know what? A, a friend <laughs> of mine uh, from, from ESPN Radio back in Philly was texting me about no one gives Iguodala credit because everyone, you know, everyone says he should be traded and you know, nobody wants him and he never complains. I thought that's the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. What does he have to complain about? He, he shouldn't complain. He's usually the problem. <laughs> you complain about what? I, I mean, what was I saw him go down the floor on one play, throw the ball away, they somehow got it back, and then he threw it away again. Yeah, I, mean, how I many remember that play. What's that? I, re- I remember that play. I also remember the play where he stole the ball. But, yeah, Thaddeus Young did the rights in front of the basket in front of you because you don't look up. <laughs> you're, you're too busy trying to fumble and think of what play you're going to make. Ron, I remember the exact play. <laughs> Thad had about two steps on his man. Right. In hockey, they call that a headman pass. He had the headman pass. And he kept it to himself, got fouled, and I think missed one or two. He did. And I remember looking at the replay. I'm like, this guy did not look up once. <laughs> hmm. Is it well, like if he gets the hands of steam? You can forget it. If you're not on the wing in clear view, forget it. <laughs> forget it. Especially if he sees a hole. If he sees a hole and there's a man on the wing, and if you're not waving your hand, or if you don't throw your hand up, forget about it. Well, that is one of the things I'm more likely to pardon him for that because the one thing he does have that no one can deny is he's just one of the best athletes in the entire league. He's not a great basketball player, but he's an insane athlete. He's one of the best defenders, too. 
Yeah, and that goes with that, too. Uh, he's a high-energy guy. He's a very good on-the-ball defender. I just don't pay $13 million for that. I'll say Thad Young is going to get some votes for somebody's all-defensive team this year. That, I, I may be premature in this, but he's, um, he's probably right now the Sixers' best defender because he can defend two positions. He's defending yeah, he's three, three. He's defending four with effectiveness. That's true. Oh, I agree. That, that has been great. The whole the only thing uh, the new Sixers announcer Malik Rose has said that I've liked is calling the uh, the backups the night shift. Uh, yeah. This is a very young, deep team. They've got some. You know, you got Luke Williams and Thaddeus Young. I'll play now, Evan Turner. Coming off the bench. Uh, how can you not be impressed with Turner's development? He just seems like a different player this year. Yeah, he's Thank a God. lot more confident. Yes. He, uh, his, he's, he's a lot more aggressive. His approach, um, he, he, it's like he, he's drooling at every chance to take somebody to the hole. No, he's not afraid. I think that playoff series against Miami took this team to another place. Finally. I think they win every game. Except game two, I believe, where they were where they got yeah, they handled got, pretty good. But other than that, yeah, they, got tough they won every game. They were in every game into the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, exactly. Right. And right. I think that took them to another level mentally to where they feel as though they can go up against anybody. And the rookie Vucevic, he made Maurice Spates expendable. Maurice Spates made Maurice Spates expendable. He's pretty terrible. I got to, but Vucevic is a guy that can come in, he can spell brain or horse. And he played 17 minutes the other night. I had 11 points and 8 rebounds. Right. Is he technically a member of the night shift? Now, I guess he is. Yeah, he's now, a right? member of the night shift. Yeah, he is, he is. All right. So it's just that we have the four of them, right? Turner, Thad, Blue Williams, and Vucevic? Right, and Turner. Yeah. All right. In case I want to make a T-shirt. <laughs> but no, he's, he's a member of the night shift. All right, we'll get him in there, though. I'll make, I'll make sure. I'll make a note of that. But, um, but now... Ron, I, I agree that I think um, that playoff series against the Heat did give them confidence. But remember, they were playing pretty well right around, what, February, March? They started to pick it up? Yep. They, they started to play as a team, and this, that's when you saw, you're like, wow, Doug Collins was the right guy for this team. He, he got them all to buy it. You know, they started out 3-13 and 13 last year. They weren't buying into whatever was happening, or they hadn't picked it up yet. They finally started to buy into what he was selling, and it's, it's made them a really good basketball team. And the only things, I mean, if you look at holes right now, you say, well, they could be tougher down low. Mm-hmm. Um, and Superstar. Or at least, a, even if it's not a superstar, a star, somebody that you know you can go to with the game on the line. You know, it we thought that might guy. be Lou Williams. I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I mean, he's come through a couple of times, but to really look down the road and say, Lou Williams is the guy who's going to get the ball in the last minute every night. That's that's not really not a good move. <laughs> I mean, in a pinch, it's okay. You know, Lou Williams would be great 
if at the end of the game they just had two dudes on your guy, and then he slipped open, and he can hurt right. you. I just don't want to rely on him. Right. Um, but, you know, again, if it was easy to do those things, I think it, it, you would do it. If it was easy, no, let's go get a superstar. It's easier said than done. But I do think the new Sixers CEO, he sounds like the type of guy that's going to do everything he can to put that best product on the floor. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's really into the community and the crowd trying to gauge what it is they want, what what they want, what they're looking for. I actually had a chance to speak with him, and he's he's excited. He's excited. I mean, he's pointed at the scoreboard, and, I mean, every little thing that – he's like a kid with a new toy right now. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like a kid with a new toy right now. The thing is, how long is this going to last? And, how, you know, that's what we have to hang our hat on. Being that you met him, how would you compare him to Pat Croce? Enthusiast, probably about the same right now. That's right now he's coaching with a necktie. Yeah, because Croce, Pat Croce made every he made you want to go. Well, Croce brought the team back too. I mean, it wasn't wasn't until he took over that they really. Um, that was when you know, the whole Iverson thing began. The whole you know they turned into a really good team. But we'll get to more sticks on the other side. We do have to take a break here on G Cobb in the house. We'll be right back with MarketSports.com. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you're looking for a radio show about boxing you usually can't find one until you stop by the voice america sports channel tune in to outside the ring with former world lightweight champion and u.s olympian david diaz we'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters we'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're joined up with g cobb in the house featuring gary cobb and co-host michael warren you want to get in on the conversation call in now it's toll free 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to gary cobb at aol.com remember two r's and two b's in that name now back to g cobb in the house all right, I have a question here. Back here on G-Cob in the House, I'm Michael Warren along with Haran Knight and Ron Glover, and we're talking some hoops. 
And I'm looking at NBA.com at the standings, and it looks like they have the seedings next to the teams. Uh, do they not give you an automatic one, two, or three seed for winning the division now? No one knows. I have to look that the, up. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's got the Sixers listed as first in Atlantic Division, but fourth as a seed. And the Southeast, Orlando, and Miami are two and three. If they really do that, isn't that some nonsense? Who cares about winning your division then? Yeah. But, I don't know. That makes no sense to me. Um, but, Haram, okay. I mean, if you look at the Atlantic Division, Philadelphia, the Knicks, Celtics, uh, Toronto, and New Jersey, the division's kind of poor. I mean, uh, are, are the Sixers the best team in this division? Um, I would still give the edge to the Knicks right now, even though the Sixers had a better record. But the other part is, you have to see what they can do against the Knicks with everybody available. Believe it or not, Spencer Hall not being available that night made a huge difference. It does hurt, and I bet you a million dollars you never thought you'd say that. No. <laughs> Matter of fact, it took me a couple of days to say that. <laughs> he he really has been playing well, though. We, we saw this, we've seen this from him before, though. He does have some offensive game. Yeah. Um, I he prefer that he does you. shoot threes, though. But. Stop with the threes, please. And you know what? While I'm railing Iguodala, he needs to stop with the threes. How come no one can tell him that? Every time he hits a three-pointer, I think of, of the same thing when, I, when Jimmy Rollins hit the home run. Unfortunately, and, uh, unfortunately, he's got the best three-pointer percentage right now. Does he really? I think he does. Because <laughs> last year wasn't it the worst in the NBA? Oh, yeah. And part that gets on my nerves with him is, you know, when he, people... Like ask him about his success or what what takes everything. He always talks about everything starting off with confidence, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just a confident guy. But sometimes you gotta be realistic. <laughs> and it's just best that you, I mean, be confident, and, but know your limits. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, and you do see this sometimes too. And maybe this has to do with the Sixers' youth. They do seem to get ahead of themselves sometimes. Uh, they do start to play out of uh, play above themselves. They play out, you know, out of control. You can see it a lot on fast breaks. You can tell when they when they get on a little bit of a run and they get another steal. That ball's going in the stands. You know it because yeah. they get so excited and they start throwing the ball over. I mean, the one that Iguodala threw up the other night. What was that? I don't know. You had no chance whatsoever. I'm just like, relax. Especially when you see Lou Williams and Iguodala on the break, those two don't don't know. I mean, passing is part of a fast break. <laughs> it's so true. It's like whoever has the ball once they get across half court, they're, they're taking it between three people, no matter what. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you you see, I don't know. You see a lot of these guys just getting a little ahead of themselves. Sometimes with Thad, yeah, I'm a big Thaddeus Young fan. Uh, sometimes you'll see him, like, maybe not an 18-footer, Thad. <laughs> you yeah. get a little closer to the basket. That, that's true, too. Uh, I'm, I'm a Thad Young fan, too. And there's a couple a couple of um, 18-foot jumpers, and I'm like, hey, you could have waited for that. <laughs> it's just it's like just outside his range, like watching Sean Kent play. It's like, oh, that is just outside <laughs> your range. <laughs> Don't, do not take that shot. But I do think, though, 
I thought they were going to be a good team this year. I think they're a little better than I thought they were going to be. But if they do play within themselves, you have the shortened schedule, which an older team, that's got to knock the wind out of. I mean, the Sixers have youth and energy. It's almost like they're just going to run and run and run and run, and you might not be able to keep up. It definitely built for March and April. There's a, even even the Miami team, um, most of them, they, they just can't stay healthy. <laughs> so, But the, the Sixers, they definitely got their conditions and able to run and deep enough to to run with anybody. So, I, I think I we agree, though, that uh, they're still not there yet. No, they're not. No. Um, I, I don't even see them winning a playoff series. <laughs> really? I don't. I mean, it depends on where they're seated and and who they're playing. Um, but I, I just see I just see one. I'm trying not to get over my ahead of myself thinking about them. I, I think <laughs> they have one slump coming. That's that's going to knock them out of getting home court advantage. <laughs> You know, it's possible. And one thing we have to remember, too, is while they're playing really well right now, uh, aside from the first 10 minutes of games, uh, they're still just not. You know, everybody has their slumps. We feel it with the Flyers, too, uh, right. this year, where they, they're very similar teams, though. They're very young and deep. And they get on these hot streaks, and like, oh, my God, this is awesome. They're never going to lose again. And then the cold streak comes. They all come. Right. So before we get too high on the Sixers, we have to gauge. You know, what's my opinion going to be when when they get blown out of the gym three nights in a row? Right. It's, it almost kind of reminds me of the Eagles' last four games when you look at who they played. When you look at that that six game win streak and who the Sixers beat, they didn't really beat like the cream of the crop, and each team was missing at least one starter. Oh, they did get very lucky. Like uh, the Pistons were without Stucky. Um, right. Stucky and Monroe, I think. Yeah, they were, you know, they were about two guys. And I give them credit the winner in the, over Indiana was good. What, what I'm going to argue with, though, uh, Haran, the, the one thing they did do, they pounded some of those teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, those weren't, those weren't close wins. They were they they running really, away from people. That's the part where I'll give them credit. Uh, and the aver- averaging 23 points per victory over anybody is, is nothing to sneeze at. I mean... Yes, they're lesser teams, but good teams pound lesser teams. Right, and they saw they they saw the bullseye and ran right through it. They they didn't slack off. They took full advantage of everything that came their way. So I will give them credit for that. <laughs> I mean, these wins were so bad that Tony Batie got in the game. Right. He's oh, their what, he's, he's their white it? flag this year. Was it Toronto or Detroit where Lavoy Le- Allen got in? And score five points. <laughs> and scored. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, because there's some the, the Sixers have a deep bench. They rotate a lot of guys. But there's certain guys that's like, you can wear a suit tonight and you probably will be okay. Right. You don't need to dress because you ain't getting that game. Yeah. I mean, the deepest that they're most likely to go is, is nine, eight or nine. And they have a legit eight and nine, though. They really do. Um I mean, they have guys that could be starting for other teams, definitely. And we'll see what happens. Uh, that, that's pretty much what we got for tonight. Um, we'll see what happens with the Sixers. we got football this weekend. Enjoy that. I'm Michael Warren, along with Haran Knight. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on G-Cobb in the House, and we will see you all 
next week. Have a great weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.